This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. I am blessed in every good thing. <laughs> I'm thinking about Galatians 3. It says, you know, I, I mean, I'm making my confession, but I'm thinking about the word that Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Now, just stay standing a second. We're going to pray. I was telling the Lord this morning that, you know, we have ministers turning away from the Bible, turning away from the word of God. And we bless them. <clears throat> We're not angry about it. We're not upset. The Lord prophesied. I mean, all you got to do is read Matthew's gospel. He told us these days would come. And, uh, and then also, Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? So what's the Lord looking for? One word. What's the Lord looking for? Faith. faith. And then Jesus said, he who stands firm to the end shall be saved. But I was telling the Lord this morning, so, so why would he say he who stands firm to the end shall be saved if there were not going to be the possibility of not standing firm? But I was telling the Lord this morning, you know, people have a problem with your word, but what I've noticed in my life, Sue's life is, the more we are doers of your word, the more blessed we get. You know, now I know that you couldn't prove anything in a science lab with that, but that's, that's our experience. The more of the word we do, the more blessed we get. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just thank you. What a privilege, what an honor to stand up and to, to declare your word. And I want you to know, Father God, I humble myself before you, and I declare to you and to heaven, to earth and to hell, and I declare to this company of believers that I have done what I have done, not by smarts, not by intelligence, not by self-reliance or determination. But I've done all of these things, Father God, through your word, your written word, and by the leading of your Holy Spirit. Sure, I believed you, and sure, I cooperated. But Father God, I couldn't have gotten two inches down the road without your written word and without the leading of the Holy Spirit. So all that's here and all that's been done and all that's been accomplished, I give you the credit, the glory, and the honor. I'm careful to do it, Father God, because you are my source. Like we sang in that song, we look to you. We look to you. We look to you because you are our help. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for every good thing accomplished. It's in the name of Jesus, our holy Lord, we pray. And everyone said amen. 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 Give a dozen people a high five and then you may be seated.
You may be seated. Somebody might say, Pastor, you're praying more before the messages and you're kind of praying the same thing over and over. Well, on my phone, you know, you can go to different albums and there's an album called Screenshots. And years ago, I was reading one of the books of one of my fathers in the faith and I took a screenshot of the book and I sent it to Sue in Austin. And uh, when the Lord called that particular minister into the healing ministry, he, rec he rec recounts how that the Lord told him to be careful, to give the Lord the credit, the glory, and the honor, and not take God's glory like so many had done. And in these days, I was telling Jessica before the service, must have been 35 years back, I was summoned to Tulsa, Oklahoma by Oral Roberts. And uh, so they sent a van for several of us that were I was by myself, so I think that's when I was summoned to the uh, top floor of the City of Faith. There must have been about 18 or 20 of us. And we must have come in as, you know, different flights from different parts of the country. They sent a, van, sent a van for us, and I'm riding in the van with this minister, and we're talking about things going on in his church and our church. And he said something that marked me. It made sense to me, made sense to Sue, and it's marked us all of these years. If people were to see, if people knew they were deceived, they wouldn't be deceived. And so there are people, and we wonder, how could you be so spiritual, spiritually blind? How could you go down this road? How could you believe that? How could you do this? Friends, these are the last days. And I have said for years, powerful, 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 deluding spirits have gone forth. And if someone knew they were deceived, they wouldn't be deceived. And so that's why, if you wonder why I'm doing some of the stuff I'm doing, I, I'm, I'm doubling down to the basics. Give him the credit, the glory, and the honor. Keep my eyes off like a horse with blinders on. Keep my eyes off of what's going on over here and what's going on over there. I'm not getting on any trains. I'm not joining any cults. I'm not uh, succumbing to any personality cults. I'm, I'm, I'm staying to the word. I'm, I'm keeping close to the word. I'm focused on the word. I'm focused on God. And uh, it's like when the fireworks were going off the 4th of July. You know, you put earplugs in and you go to bed. Amen. You just have to ignore the, the noise. Am I helping anybody? Because... I am going to be full of faith on the day he returns and I'm going to stand firm until he returns and I'm not being pulled off course. Amen? So we're just staying with the word of God. Amen. And uh, we're not joining any cult. So last Sunday I started uh, this message in the series, The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving. And the title last Sunday was Your Miracle Harvest and I said last Sunday I wasn't going to rush through it, and I'm still not going to rush through it. If I get done today, great. If not, you know, what difference does it make? And uh, these are critical days. Listen, powerful, powerful spirits have gone forth to deceive. 
things I don't understand. Amazing to me. You know, I filled up Sue's F-150 about a week ago. $151. Fill up an F-150. And, uh, you know, they're organizing right now the next pandemic. This one that they got going right now didn't seem to take off too well except among one alternate lifestyle community. So, you know, they got to organize another one. And so the days of being able to walk by sight are quickly coming to an end. You're going to have to walk by faith. And you're going to have to be led, not just by the written word of God, you're going to have to be led by the spirit of God. Now, I've said all of these years that the first thing you have to do is walk by the written word of God. I know people, there's a guy right now saying that every, can you imagine the apostasy What Jesus said before the death, burial, and resurrection has no application to us. This is ignorance gone to seed. Not only is every word Jesus spoke before the death, burial, and resurrection applicable to us today, every word that has ever proceeded from the mouth of God is applicable to us today. Amen. Now, I understand there's an Old Testament. I understand there's a New Testament. I understand the New Testament supersedes the Old, but the character of God has not changed. So there are ceremonial laws in the Old Testament. That's all gone. I don't have to wash my hands a certain way before I eat. I can eat bacon. Praise the Lord. You know, I can eat shellfish. Praise the Lord. But Anybody who would come along and tell you that the moral law has been swept aside is lying to you. They're trying to harm you. Can we agree on this? It's still bad to commit adultery. Can we agree on this? It's still bad to have other gods. Can we agree on this? It's still bad to use the Lord's name in vain. Can we agree on this? It's still wrong to cover your, covet your neighbor's wife or your, your neighbor's goods. Amen. See, the character of God's not changed. Amen. Covenants come and go. God had a covenant with Noah. That was a covenant with Noah. That's not the covenant we're walking by today. But the character of God along those various covenants did not change. Amen. Now, last Sunday I told the story. And the reason I can tell the story is because the story lines up to the written word of God. Missionary Bud Sickler, I think it was during Depression days, there, there were not even plane flights to Europe. So they took, a, they took out a berth in a steamship, a cargo ship, or a, not a modern cargo ship, but, you know, the old-style ships. And they were missionaries to Kenya, Bud and Faye Sickler. And they started in what is called upcountry. In other words, not on the coast, not Nairobi, up country. And when they got there, of course, it was very poor. People were not even wearing clothes. And so he begins preaching the gospel. Well, when you begin preaching the gospel, you win people to Jesus. You win people to Jesus. You need a place to hold church. So you need land. You need a building. And so he went to the Lord about needing more money for his ministry. 
And the Lord spoke to him and said, don't ever come to me about money like this again, so long as you are robbing my people. And missionary Bud Sickler told me this story himself. He said, he said, I protested and Lord said, I'm not robbing these people. I haven't taken a goat or a chicken from any of them. And the Lord said, well, you're not teaching them my word, my word. You're not teaching them my word on tithing. And, the, and Bud protested again. He said, Lord, I can't teach these people about tithing because he said, you know, most of them, most of them don't have clothes. They don't have shoes. They don't have a goat. They don't have a chicken. How can I teach them about tithing? And the Lord spoke to him and said, that's it, that's it, that's it. Like most of my servants, you're killing my people with human mercy. We've got people in this church right now, and you're killing your kids with human mercy. You're killing their chances in life. When my daughter was here, you know, 10 days back for a girl talk, uh, I, I was able to go to lunch with her and Derek one day. And, uh, you know, here in Sutel, it's one thing, but here in Christina Tell, it is a hoot about how her, she sassed her mama and got smacked. <laughs> and now when Sue tells it, it's very polite, it's very, you know. <laughs> but to hear Christina, and, and Christina said to me and Derek said, I never sassed her again in my life. <laughs> but see, you can wreck a child with human mercy. Amen. So the point is that in God's word, there, there are inconvenient truths. I mean, you might want to commit adultery, but that's not permitted. You might want to covet your neighbor's wife, but that's not permitted. You might want to covet your neighbor's goods. See, but, and somebody might say, oh, what a bummer, I can't covet my neighbor's goods. Well, turn that coin over. The good news is you can live a lifestyle. God will bless you, and you can have your own goods. Amen. See, if you have your own stuff, why do you need to covet your neighbor's stuff? Amen. Amen. A lady was trying to help us this week, and she said, you know, Pastor, you stand up and say things like, you know, you need to get James Dobson's book, Dare to Discipline. And she said, you know, God bless you. You think people are doing that? She said, nobody's doing that. <laughs> Tell your neighbor. Watch it now. He's going to help you right here. It's like my illustration. It's like my illustration. Open a savings account. And start investing money, whatever mistakes you make, and figure out how it works. How many people have done that? All right, how about this one? Pick a number, any number that's reasonable. Go to God and say, Father, I want to believe you for X. Whatever it is, $100, $500, something reasonable. Don't ask for a billion dollars. Don't be stupid. And say, now, I want to, I want to sow a seed and believe you for this number. So how much do you want me to give? And I'm going to do what all Roberts teaches, the miracle of seed faith. I'm going to sow a seed, and I'm going to believe you for a, a specific number to come in from an unexpected source. All right, don't raise your hands, but how many of you have done that? Now you realize I'm doing my part. but I cannot make you do any of this stuff. And I said last Sunday that the key to everything that you see here is twofold. 
I loved God. I honored God. I loved his word. But here's the second one. And this is where people miss it. Well, they miss it right there. But then here's another place they miss it. I loved his men. I honored his men. And I did what they taught. And that's the key to the whole deal. See, Kenneth Hagin's long gone. But I still walk in his anointing. Because I love him still. I honor him still. I do what he taught still. There's not a church in America you can identify with our attendance that has these assets. You can't name one. We walk in supernatural Amen. abundance. Amen. We're just literally two handfuls of people away from our pre-COVID numbers. Our income is way above our pre-COVID income. And this church did not lose one person to COVID. Amen. Now go find another church that can say those three things. Amen. So when I say pick a number, go to God, ask the Lord what to sow and believe God for that number that you came up with, it's reasonable. See, if you don't take action on that, you're not messing me up. If you have children and you don't go get James Thompson's Dare to Discipline and, and buy it and read it and employ it, you're not messing my children up. It's awful quiet. <laughs> Same thing with tithing. You know what I've noticed? The Lord apparently <laughs> takes care of Gene no matter what y'all do. I did a uh, St. Paul's message a few years back, and one of our biggest givers was really angry and said to Austin, because he didn't have children, what is that, how does that message help me and stormed out of here? We never, we never noticed it financially. People die, people quit. It, it doesn't seem to matter. The, the, the money just keeps coming. Amen. See, when, when you're a doer of the word of God, Isaiah 119, let's go there. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Not McDonald's. Ye shall eat the good of the land. Not junk food. If, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. The Living Bible says, if you would only let me help you. See, that's the heart of God. We're not trying to get something from you. Do you understand? Amen. All of my needs are met. Do you understand? All this church's needs are, we're not fundraising. We're trying to do our best to faithfully communicate the word of God to you so you can come up. I did all this and we came up. Do you understand? I mean, we're riding on the heights of the land. We're eating the best of the land. We're driving the best of the land. We're wearing the best. Of, we, we, we did it. But you can come up too. That's what I'm saying. Now, we don't all start at the same place. Sue and I started 
August 7, 1976, with $400 that her grandpa gave us, and we had a $600 Firebird with no debt on it. That's what we had, that's all we had, and we started. We don't all start at the same place. But our Father God is no respecter of persons. This is one of the very few things that it says the same thing in the Old Testament as the New Testament. Say it out loud. Our Father God, our Father God. is no respecter of persons. And so what God was trying to tell Bud Sickler, this must have been 90 years ago, was if you don't teach those people in Africa the word of God, they are going to stay where they are. But if you will teach them the word of God, and if they will take action on the word of God, then, then my blessing will come upon them. And it's, it's not going to happen by Tuesday. It's not going to happen in a microwave two minutes. But over time, they will come up. God will bless them. It's a supernatural thing. Look, why are we gathered here on a Sunday morning if there's not a God in heaven and if there's not a God who answers? And the new thing theologically is to say, well, it doesn't matter how you live. This is ignorance gone to seed. I notice that when I count calories and don't eat junk food, I do a whole lot better than when I say to heck with it and eat junk food. So how you live matters. If you save money, you're going to have a different result from somebody who doesn't save money. If you invest money, you're going to have a different result from somebody who doesn't invest money. If you exercise, you're going to have a different result than people who don't exercise. And if you get James Dobson's book, Dare to Discipline an Employee, you're going to have a different result from people who don't. Amen. Tell your neighbor, what you do matters. Tell the neighbor on the other side, what you do matters. And where the heck do people get off thinking that they have any knowledge whatsoever of the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth and can come to the conclusion that you can spend all of your resources on yourself? That is patently and blatantly false at face value. So, we have no choice but to go to the Word of God as our standard. And have you noticed, man changes man's story every 36 hours. I mean, just in the last week, Fauci testified um, that these shots have, do very little to stop infection. Well, that does not sound like the absolute certainty he spoke with months ago. And then Burks testified in the last week or so that we were hoping the vaccines would work. I mean, I'm 66 years old. I've never heard anybody say, we hope the polio vaccine works. You can't believe man. You cannot trust man. You cannot trust man if he's a Republican. You cannot trust man if he's a Democrat. You cannot trust man if he thinks he's a man. You cannot trust man if he, he thinks he's a woman. We could do a cat in the hat book on this. You cannot trust man. I do not like them, Sam I am. I do not trust them. Are you hearing me? I trust the living God. I trust my Father God. And he has never told me a lie. Not one time. 
So our great and wonderful heavenly father has increase on his mind. That's what I want you to get in your spirit. And that's why I'm not rushing this message. Say it out loud. Our great, wonderful, beautiful heavenly father has increase on his mind. We know this because the New Testament records in Hebrews 6.14 saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. God has got increase on his mind. Say it out loud. God has got increase on his mind. And thank God he does because they're printing a trillion dollars every six months. They're running the price of everything up. Say it again. God has got increase on his mind. Let's go to Genesis 17. Genesis 17, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and tell your neighbor, you're not too old. Not See, he was 99. Tell the other neighbor, you're not too old. Not the only place you're old is between the ears. Although sometimes I'm getting dressed in the morning and I look in the mirror and I say, Lord, God, what happened to me? <laughs> but, you know, we're not going by the outward shell. We're going by the inner man, which is renewed day by day by the Spirit of God. Say it out loud. I'm being renewed day by day by the Spirit of God. And when the Lord was not, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Now in the Hebrew, that reads El Shaddai. I am the Almighty God, El Shaddai, walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. El Shaddai means literally more than enough. I am the Almighty God, El Shaddai, I am the God of more than enough, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. El Shaddai means the God who is more than enough. Say it out loud, he's not just enough. He's more than enough. And the, the Spirit of God just spoke to me, and I, I know we can't go by that, but it lines up with the Word of God. The Spirit of God just spoke to me and says that when you don't have enough, you're, you're not properly following Him because He's the God of more than enough. Say it again. He's the God of more than enough. He doesn't want you to just have enough. He wants you to have more than enough. I gave you Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. This is who he is. This, listen, and his character has not changed. His character has not changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. His character has not changed from the days of Jesus until our day to day. His character has not changed. He is the God of more than enough. Our great God is the more than enough God. And it's God's will for your life that you have more than enough. Not only that, God's provisions for your life, God's provision for your life is more than enough. It's the will of God that you have more than enough in this life right here. More than enough. Say it again, more than enough. Our God is the more than enough God. He's more than enough. He's not just enough. He is more than enough. And when Jesus fed the multitudes, he didn't just give them enough. It was a miracle that he took the five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 men plus women plus children. But even then, didn't the Lord know when it was enough? Doesn't he know when enough is enough? See, people get offended at abundance, but they don't know who they're dealing with. Doesn't he know when enough is enough? He gave them more than enough to where they, they were all satisfied. The word of God says, we'll get there in a minute. They were all satisfied 
But when they gathered up the fragments, it was not one basket, not two baskets, not three baskets, not four baskets, not five baskets, not six baskets, not seven baskets, not eight baskets, not nine baskets, not 10 baskets, not 11 baskets, but 12 baskets full left over after everybody had their fill. And this generation today would complain about waste. Our God is the more than enough God. Say it out loud. My great God, my great God. is more than enough. More than and enough. as I sow my faith seed, I believe I've got more than enough being multiplied back into my life. Matthew 14, 14. Let's go there. Matthew 14, 14. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, Lord, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down in the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. Let me tell you what, that's what's missing here. He gave thanks. You know, sure, there's things wrong with the United States of America, but compared to the rest of the world, we're better off. See, there's a kind of a person and they're always looking for the faults. They're a, what the Bible calls a fault finder. And as a born again child of God, we're not to have a fault finder attitude. We are to give thanks. We are to approach the Lord with thanksgiving. We are to have an attitude of giving thanks. We are to have an attitude of gratitude. And he gave thanks. Thanks. And broke the loaves. He multiplied the loaves. Then he gave them to the, to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the people. Verse 20. They all ate and were satisfied. Now if Bernie Sanders had been in charge that day. He would have taken the five loaves. Two fish. Put them in a Cuisinart. Ground them up. And gave everybody a thimble full of fish and bread. While he bought his second home and his third home somewhere. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Sue said yesterday, this is exactly what's happened. All these people, these critical race theory people, BLM people, uh, hyper grace people, they, they, they've all done the exact same thing. They have made government God. They've made government God. And the bigger it gets, the worse everything gets. 62% I read this week, in this administration have no business experience whatsoever. People running the country, 62% have no business experience whatsoever. The head of the Health and Human Services doesn't know whether he's a, a chick or a dude. So how's he going to help you? Talk to me, how's he going to help you? The head of a medical deal. The head of a medical department has never heard of DNA. 
has never heard of chromosomes. They're crazy. And they're getting crazier by the day. So how are they going to help you? How is a crazy person going to help you? How is a confused person going to help you? How is a self-deluded person going to help you? Without apology, I declare to you, El Shaddai. He is our father. And he doesn't just want you to have enough. He wants you to have more than enough. The bad news, that's the good news. That's the good news. That's the good news. The bad news is you might have to comply. But why is that an issue? See, all these people that have made government God, they comply with all that government stuff. So why, why don't they have a problem? Why don't they have a problem complying with all that government stuff? You want welfare? You got to comply. Did you know you have to have an ID to get welfare? But you don't have to have an ID to vote in most states. Why? Well, they don't want you cheating at welfare. Do you know you have to prove who you are to get a credit card? You know what you're doing? You're complying. Anybody here have an iTunes account? Anybody here have an iTunes account? You had, you had to prove your identity. You had, to, you had to jump through some hoops. You had to what? You had to comply. Is Apple just handing out iTunes accounts? Uh, whosoever will. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, no, no. You got to jump through some hoops. So why all of a sudden do these people have a problem when God says, thou shalt not and, and you ought to do this? Critical thinking is gone. See, if I want what iTunes has, I have to comply with some things. If I want some welfare, which I have never drawn a nickel or a dime, I have to comply. I've got to jump through some hoops. Well, if I want what God's got, I've got to jump through some hoops. And I sure enough would rather have what El Shaddai's got than the guy that doesn't know whether he's a dude or a chick. Is anybody paying any attention? I mean, are you listening to the words coming out of my mouth? And, and they want to act like it's all a big pain. Like it's a grievous hassle to do what God says. No, 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 it's a joy, it's a joy, it's a joy. How would you like to, I mean, what would that be like to have been there that day and to have been an eyewitness? Five loaves, two fish, feed 5,000 men, plus women, plus children. See, oh my, oh man, oh man. But you got to hand over the five loaves and the two fish. Well, I want the miracle, but I don't want to hand over five loaves and two fish. It doesn't work like that. And then that was an event that happened that day. So the people that enjoyed that miracle, guess what? They weren't at home. They weren't home churching. They were there. They were there in person that day. But he's the more than enough God. He didn't just give them enough. He gave them more than enough. Verse 20, they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So there was waste. (laughs) 
Listen, these people are so insane. We're doing rolling blackouts in Texas because the electrical grid cannot handle 108 degrees. And they have already got legislated. It's already going to happen. It's already been legislated that by a such and such a year, there'll be no more gasoline cars. And so there are 10 million registered vehicles in Texas. What do they think is going to happen when 10 million more cars are plugged in overnight when it's 108 degrees? These people could not run a Kool-Aid stand. And how many preachers and how many denominations and how many Christians have given up their eternity with God to bow their knee to government? I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I want the best for you. I want you to live long. I want you to live in excellent health. I want your children to be productive. I want your children to bring you pride and not shame. I want you to live all of your days without disease. I want you to be able to drive what you want to drive. I want you to be able to live where you want to live. I want you to be able to vacation where you want to vacation. Do you understand? And I am just a man. How much more, how much more, how much more does our Father in heaven love you and want the best for you? Let's bow our heads. But it all begins, it all begins by making Jesus Christ the Lord of our lives, the Lord and Savior of our lives individually and personally. It doesn't just happen to all of us without any difference in decision-making. It doesn't happen to all of us without a differentiation in our behavior. The Bible says if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be saved. You know what that is? A condition. A condition. The promises of God in the Word of God have conditions. And so, rather than kick against the bricks and complain about the conditions, the intelligent person says, show me what the conditions are. I'm going to meet the conditions, and then I'm going to get the answer. I'm going to get the prize. Well, here's one, salvation. How many this morning would say, Pastor Gene, I'm awa- I- I- I've never given my life to God. I've never been... I've never been saved. I've never been born again. I've never confessed my sins to God. I've never asked God to forgive me of my sins. But I want to. Maybe you've heard about an angry God that was out to get you and mess you up. And you've never heard about a loving God, a gracious God, a kind God, a merciful God who wants to bless you, who wants to heal you, who wants to give you more than enough. And now you want to give your life to Jesus. 
Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many this morning, how many watching online would say, Pastor, I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. Pastor, pray for me. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. There may be others here this morning and you're backslidden. You're, you're, you're away from God. You're not living for the Lord like you used to. The word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I backslid. I went back to the old habits. I went back to the old friends. I went back to the old way of doing things. And I, I'm away from God this morning, but I don't want to be away from God. I don't want to live my life wondering if my soul is in jeopardy when Jesus returns. I want my heart filled with faith the day he comes. How many this morning would say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to recommit my life to the Lord. I want to make it right this morning. If that's you, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Pastor, pray for me. I want to recommit my life to the Lord. For the sake of those, we have one back here. All right. Any others? Any others? See, I'm going to stop. I'm going to pause. I'm going to do what I need to do for you. Any others? This is your day. This is it. How do you know there'll be a Sunday next Sunday? How do you know the Lord's not coming this afternoon? How do you know the Lord's not coming in the middle of the night? No chance to stop and pray and confess your sins. Let's all of us stand. If you raised your hand for either invitation, I want you to gather your belongings, step boldly into the aisle, join me here at the front. And listen, if you are here and you did not raise your hand, but the Lord is dealing with you, the Lord is drawing you, the Lord is calling you, I want you to take your belongings and uh, just take them in hand. I don't, I don't want you thinking about your stuff. Just bring your stuff with you and that way you can focus on what the Lord is doing in your life this morning. So join me here at the front. If you raised your hand for either invitation or if you didn't but the Lord is dealing with you drawing you calling you be bold about it and we're going to pray and we're going to pray the prayer anyway for the sake of people online because it's really staggering to me how many people are watching our services online and we could very well have people online who want to be saved and born again God bless you sir and uh, we want to pray for their sake everybody in the room let's let's bow our heads let's pray this way Father God I come before you this day to give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing, and I've lived for self. But I turn from that old way of living, and I give you my life. I believe in my heart, Father God, that you raised Jesus from the dead, and I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I thank you for coming into my life taking charge of my life, coming into my heart and being my Lord and being my Savior. And I thank you for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I want you to go with our ushers. We're going to take you to a place and give you a book, God's Very Own Child, and a Bible if you need one. Amen. Let's give God a thanksgiving for him. <laughs> Hallelujah.
Lift both hands and say, thank you, Father God, for every person, one to a saving knowledge of Jesus in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't take things for granted. We heard in the fellowship atrium last Sunday about a 21-year-old in the military. Of course, you understand they don't have a they don't have a, a choice whether or not to take these experimental drugs. 21 years old, out on a run with his platoon and dropped dead. Don't take things for granted. In our in my whole life. It seemed to be good advice, but especially in 2022, do not take things for granted. And don't be a disgruntled person. Be grateful. Hallelujah. And look up. Jesus said when these things begin to happen, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah.